Just a quick bit of housekeeping before we start the episode. Uh, I'd like for everybody to visit my website, which is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. And you can check out all my links there to my Instagram, to my YouTube, to my Etsy store, where I have t-shirts, promotional t-shirts, 12 to be exact. Those shirts are selling for $10. I can convert those. I can actually make you a hoodie for the same price. Shoot me an email at alphamalebuddhist.gmail.com, and I will make that into a hoodie for you. Also, you know, give me some good reviews if you can, if you're getting something from the show. Put up a good review on whatever iTunes or wherever you listen. Welcome back to episode 97 of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. Today in the podcast, we're going to cover a topic that is relevant for today, and that is man versus nature. And if you look all around you, it's pretty self-evident that this is exactly what is happening. Man, or quote-unquote, you know, culture, intellectual, you know, man in charge, they want us to move us away from our history. They want to move us away from our nature. They want to move us away from the family unit, the tribe, and to live an existence that has gotten us to where we are today. They want to remove all of that. And they want to remove the black, white, red, yellow, green, and just give us a never-ending sterility of gray, like gray college textbooks. You know, and, and that's what the living is. Because what happens is upon doing that, you're removing the individual from the family. You're removing the individual from his old methods and old ways of learning, of going through, you know, ritualistic periods as, as um, let's say when, uh, when a child reaches 13 and they have to do a rite of passage where they move on and prove their worthiness to the tribe and to the, to the people. Right now, you know, the only thing that you have to do is put some whiskers and, and bunny ears on, on, on Snapchat and that qualifies, I guess, if you know how to use that app. So it's, it's kind of ridiculous right now when we're, we're, moving, we're being removed away from what is natural and what, what has been our way for millennia, forever. And they want to break the family down. Just take that to the bank with you because that's exactly what's transpiring right now. So to be a male is to be known as a, is to be in possession of toxic masculinity, which means that you lift weights and you drink beer and you... Walk like a man, I guess, you know, you, you assert yourself as a, as a male and you have testosterone in your system and you conduct yourself as such. You know, everything has to have an opposite, but that's, I guess, toxic now. But one of the real reasons why that's taking place is because the only way you can move forward as a society, as a people, is when the masculine and feminine are united in divinity, where then everything is limitless and everything is infinite potential, but realizing that they want to move us away from that direction where we're united between races, between cultures, uniting between people, between genders, okay? But why does one have to be, just the name itself, how can masculinity, which is created by God, how can it be toxic, right? Just the two words don't go. Now you have toxic individuals and people that act in toxic ways, but that goes for everything. That's what it is to be human. So... Um, I'm doing some reading. This some of this really originates in something they call the Frankfurt School, coming from Germany in the early 1900s, and came to Cal. 
those teachers from their Frankfurt School University, they, they came to Princeton here on the East Coast and they went to California and they devised this new thing called political correctness, which means you can't hurt anybody's feelings, you can't discuss truth and everything has to be shrunken down to its smallest common denominator. And by the way, this is all on YouTube, so if you're a podcast listener, if you click it onto YouTube, you could see me in my little uh, homemade studio here with a little, little cheapy Walmart desk and a little XLR microphone, my TV in the back. So check it out. Check me out on YouTube. I'm starting to get some good comments and good listens. But anyway, I digress, as I always do. The only real way a thinking individual can form like homeostasis can form a right thinking um, paradigm where they can make decisions and move along with their life and take care of their... The only way we can make all of these really good decisions is based upon knowledge, upon history, upon study. Because yes, you know, you may have seen a Bobby Fischer chess game 30 years ago where he made some kind of move and it kind of... You learned something from it. You can't put it into words. Or you read a book. You know, you read some Carlos Castaneda or you read some you know, Confucius or some, some Tao Te Ching that just blew you away. This all contributes to you as an individual and in how you shape your decisions and, and the direction you lead your family. And so it only makes sense that realizing that people draw strength from this, from the family, from history, from teaching, that they're going to want to remove this from us, remove us from the family, and bring us into like a Walmart type mentality where, you know, we, the thinking is done for us and the decisions are made for us and we just basically peel off the lid, add hot water and consume, rinse, wash and repeat. This is what they have for us. So historically, the way that this is really handled is that when the masculine, feminine and the mask, and the mask, the, the divine feminine, I'm sorry, <laughs> I gotta laugh at myself. The way out of this is when the divine feminine and the divine masculine unite, causing infinite potential. And read that the way it is, but if you take the masculine fem if you take the divine feminine and the divine masculine and put it together, you have the complete package that you that can perpetuate itself. It can literally go on forever, and it's the balance of all things. Okay? It's infinite potential. But they want to remove this from us and they want us to break us down to our smallest components where we just wait for the crumbs that are tossed at us. Like if we're pigeons in the you know, Washington Square Park, you're begging for like pieces kernels of uh corn uh what do you call that popcorn you know a little pieces of cheese you know like little animals but it's a lot of it is our fault most of it is really our fault in the sense of we attach to these material things that they put out there for us like these cars and these ouija sneakers and these you know designer you know clothing there's nothing wrong with having a few nice i got a louis vuitton belt and a gucci belt and stuff i mean as you know Ruffer and shoes. Okay, a couple of nice things. Keeps my wife happy. She likes me to wear design stuff occasionally, um, which is cool. But it's all in moderation how you do it. So, the best way to control a person, and it's ingenious what they're doing now is they're getting these young kids, and they got them all into designer and traveling and money and jewelry. Meanwhile, they have none of it. They get them to think that they can get it through music, but that's impossible, really, when you think about it, because I think a lot of these stars that are up there are propped up, and I think they just. They put them up there and they use them like an employee, like an hourly employee, I'm sorry. Now when they start gigging and making a lot of money in these concerts, then I might start to believe it, but that's a separate subject. 
So these young people, they're getting duped into this lifestyle, watching Drake and Bad Bunny and, you know, smoking hookah and have a million dollars, but they don't have any of it. They just see it on the video. And then there's a disconnect with them, which, especially like in young adults, can in many instances turn into anger or aggression or just confusion on life. And to seek, you know, unconsciously really seek, seek uh, truth. Because what they're being fed is not truth, and man has a natural hunger to hear truth. That's why when you hear a person speaking truth, it's almost like drinking spring water. You know, even even if it's something you don't want to hear or whatever, but when you know you're hearing truth, I mean, there's nothing like it. So these young people, they have no direction, and they're being misled in, in every direction. Um, you know, it's sad. It's very, very sad. So I'm just going to look at my notes real quick here. But anybody that considers themselves a free-thinking man, a scholar, a free-thinker, an intelligent individual, you know, all of your research and studies have to start from the beginning. Uh, where we came from, and Neolithic, and Cro-Magnum, and, you know, back into history, and then you got to get into, you know, your ancient Egypt, and the dynastic, uh, the dynasties there in Egypt, and in ancient Greece, and in Rome, and in Persia, and in ancient China. You know, all of these ancient teachings and all of these ancient schools. You have to, you know, learn our origins and where we come from and what great people in the past did. People like Hannibal the Great, people like Alexander the Great, people like Marcus Aurelius, the philosopher king. These are great individuals, and a lot of them have been documented in history. For example, Marcus Aurelius wrote his book, Meditations. And this was from a Roman emperor that was a warrior king. He would go into battle first with the sword and fight like we you would never have that these days so that's a true that's a true leader and that that book meditations is uh one of the cornerstones of stoic philosophy and i've spoken about stoic philosophy before and it's a really really important it's really important to live your life structured along philosophical lines so that not so much have boundaries but you can have parameters on how to make your deductions and how to think and what is the best solution to a problem posed in front of you, whether it's intellectual, scientific, emotional, I mean, whatever different, do you have to sleep on it? There's some problems that you have, you got to sleep on it for a couple of days and then you get the answer. And it's completely different than the first answer you had. Speaking from, from knowledge, from advice, from my, own, uh, from my own life. A lot of times you sleep on a problem and you get the right answer, whether one or two days later, but it comes. And it just, when you wake up in the morning, you have the answer and it's the perfect answer. I digress. So, what's happening is they're removing all of our archetypes, like the hero archetype, the king archetype, the queen archetype. They're removing it and they're giving us all jokers. Like when you go to a card deck, the joker. They're giving us that because what in essence is happening is our footing is getting taken out from underneath us. And I don't want to make this a negative podcast, but this is just a podcast. If... If you have a slight hesitation in your mind or you, you're new to knowledge or whatever the case may be, or you're talking to somebody and you're trying to explain something, but really what it is is knowledge and understanding is the footing that we stand upon. You know, some ancient great leaders, they say that um, they were only able to see so far because they stood on the shoulder, shoulders of giants, which, which is an amazing saying. So we have to... Seek knowledge and, and go after it and, and start it from its earliest periods. You have to live your life, not have to live your life, but it's better to live your life according to a, a set of philosophical principles, okay? 
In some cases, it could be Stoicism, it could be the Tao, it could be Buddhism, it could be Hinduism, it could be whatever beliefs, Catholicism, whatever you believe. But as long as you believe it in its purest sense, with the purest intention, that, that's how you're going to lead it. Um, but they've, again, they've removed our archetype from us. And they're telling us that everything is just bland, gray, you know, listen to this song and eat this, you know, prefabricated uh, sandwich from McDonald's. But they themselves, they follow the Kabbalah and they follow a lot of ancient, like really negative teachings that the whole goal of that, those teachings are to subdue men to like a one world government. I'm just going to say it. And it's not just the Kabbalah. There's a lot of books. It's you got to be careful with that hermeticism. I'm telling you, I'm looking into it, and the minute you pay, turn that next page over, then it starts getting a little creepy. Where you know, I once I don't understand the real footing that you're on, then I'm out, out the door. I have to have a total 360 degree understanding of something, which I kind of pride myself on knowing different topics and subjects and such. So, I the minute I feel my foot slipping, I, I question and I look for logic and reason and rhetoric and finding the right way. So, and most people today, they, they really don't. They're just being led like lamb. And they dig it. They like it because it's easy for them to do. It's hard to do the research, man. It's hard to do the work. Or listen to the right YouTube channels or podcasts. You know, there's a lot of good content out there. But it's easy to just take the easy way out. Be weak about it. So... Yeah, they want to put man against woman, you know, masculine against feminine, and have us fighting. And then they want the different classes, like, oh, you know, that 1%, they have all this and that, and these other people from this other island, they trying to take our jobs. And, and it's constantly trying to pin us against one another when we need to pull back, get that 360-degree view of the terrain and see what's happening, and realize that it's coming from our controllers. The people that set up these uh, network television stations and put out these movies and all of this, the, their toxic content, which is what it is, trying to pit us against one another. Remember, it's all really primary number one is the self and realization of the self, and then the family and building the family together. And those are kind of synonymous with one another because if you have no control of yourself, you cannot control your family. So if, you, if you're self-realized within yourself, you're going to lead your family in a self-realized kind of way. That's really what we should be seeking in Nakuchi Belt, but self-realization and reading some of these older books. On one of my future podcasts, I'm going to get into some of the books um, that I've read and that have helped change my life and have helped change other people's life. Books such as The Book of Five Rings, The Tao Te Ching, The Dharmapada, which is Vedic, A Carlos Castaneda, Separate Reality, Marcus Aurelius, Meditations, that book, a couple of books by uh, The Republic by Plato, which I haven't read, but I plan on reading a lot of philosophers like Seneca, these are Stoke philosophers, uh, reading the Iliad or the Odyssey, or just listening to it on YouTube, which is by Homer. Like These are ancient great, great foundations of education and learning. I believe Homer was a blind man, and he, he was a poet, and he wrote the Iliad and the Odyssey, which are the foundations of Greek civilization. He talks about the Trojan War. So this is knowledge, man. This is, this is what you got to get up on. And it doesn't matter where the knowledge comes from. As you get into it, you're going to get a call in for certain kind of knowledge. My thing is like on the philosophy end is the Eastern philosophy, Chinese, uh, Indian, you know. But on the historical end, I'm into like the, Mediter into the Mediterranean region with uh, 
with Hannibal and Carthage and uh, Scipio Africanus from from ancient Rome and ancient Egypt. Like that region really draws me. There's so much richness there. So these are a lot of uh, a lot of my thoughts. But just be very very careful. What like I said, as you're listening. Wherever you consume your news or whoever, because what happens is they disguise a lot of this stuff and you might be listening to a podcast or YouTube channel. YouTube channel. And I'll get into this real quick. Um, I don't want to mention the guy's name, but I heard um big celebrity come on to a big, huge podcast and he was talking about a book and he, you might be able to piece it together. But the guy was talking in riddles. He made no sense. He was on the left, but then he was on the right. But then if you know you're eating rice, he's got to get in the center because he doesn't want to be under. I mean, the guy was just spewing nonsense. And I, and the guy, even the guy interviewing was kind of just laughing. And it sounded like he was falling asleep during the interview because the guy, he was trying to be everybody's friend. And, and uh, I don't know. He, he just spewed out. You, you got to stand your position, man. You know? And nothing, if, if you're not speaking from the heart, you're not going to make sense. You, you, you're just babbling at that point. So what they're doing right now, and I say though, I mean the controllers, the control mechanism, is they are sneaking their message in and they're subverting even a lot of people that you thought to be really cool and they had a nice show or whatever. And again, I'm not slinging mud, but I hear it. You know, they'll start talking different points that they used to. In other words, they're supporting the mainstream and a lot of people are getting taken off YouTube. Um, a lot of numbers are being manipulated. Um, I, I happen to feel I have a lot more listeners than I have just based on like the Instagrams and, and the emails that I get. And if you, you do listen, shoot me an email and let me know you listen. It gives me encouragement. Yes, you know, it's good. It's always positive. It's nice to, nice to get a pat on the back with just a little recognition. Hey, you know, I like your show or hey, I hate your show. But I get really, really cool comments. I really like my comments that I get from my listeners, man. And you guys uh, are what, what it is, man. You know, you... You know, I get fulfillment from speaking to you, and uh, I guess it's a two-way street where you get a little something out of it yourself, something to listen to. So, really appreciate all my listeners. You know, shoot me, drop me a line. So, yeah, I'm kind of all over the place on this podcast, and I'm getting used to it because I'm filming it, like I said, and I'm putting it on YouTube. So, I kind of have to get used to the format. I think it's easier to do this and just put the audio up on on. Uh, on my RSS feed on Podbean than to do two separate ones. So this one is basically the podcast just with the video with it. And I'm going to try to do it this way when I can. I'm going to try to incorporate the big screen TV that I have behind me because I've put a few YouTubes up and I got uh, taken down before copyright restrictions and all that. And if any of you guys know how to get around that, somebody was telling me that if it doesn't take up less than half the screen or if it's in slow motion, I don't know about that much stuff. I have to research it. If you do, let me know. All right. So, yeah, the subject was uh, uh, man versus nature. They're trying to take man away from living a natural life and from living in accordance with nature, and which is nature's one that sustains us all here. You know, they want to li us living a brainwashed life. So we're going to leave it right there. Another author that I neglected to mention is Joseph Campbell, and the book that I read by him, I was probably 17, Mask, Masks of God, and 
Joseph Campbell was a disciple, quote-unquote disciple, of, of Carl Jung, J-U-N-G, who was a philosopher in Sweden or one of them countries, but he was a philosopher, and he got into the archetypes. Joseph Campbell picked up on that theme and ran with it in his book series. This is like the late 70s. I was watching Channel 13, which is public television back in the day in Brooklyn, and uh, Bill Moyers had a show on. And it was an interview talk show, you know, there were two chairs and two eggheads get at it, man. And I love watching that from a young age, man. It's always important to watch. There's certain points in life, you'll find them on TV and such, whatever, where you're going to get two really smart dudes get into it, you know, proving their point, speaking, talking. This is something I've done probably from age, like, I'm 15. I would watch politicians on television. I'm digressing again. But two guys, smart guys, really getting into that verbal tennis, that verbal football, and that cerebral tsunami, you know, where they, cerebral tsunami, where they just go at it on another and, and get into it. So it was Bill Moyers, he had that type of show. Oh, yeah, it was, there was a chair, a glass table, and him and his chair. He'd bring a guest in, and I'd seen him take people apart. I've seen interviews just elevate to where you're just learning, and it's amazing, but he had... Joseph Campbell, and I think for a one-week interview, like five sections, and he got into his books, and Joseph Campbell started talking, because I never heard of archetypes until this point. Joseph Campbell started talking about the different archetypes, and again, I've mentioned it before, but for those of you who don't know what archetypes are, like I did a movie on the archetypes of the Godfather, the movie, in one of my early episodes, 35 or one of them. But what the archetypes are, you have like the hero, the king, the fool, you know, the leader, like... Different different types, types, and basically what they are are positions in life. So one of the reasons why I read the book at a young age, I started reading philosophy at that age. I, I saw the show, the interview with Bill Moyers, and I was listening to Joseph Campbell speak on the archetypes. And what I realized was that at the point, I had a rough upbringing, not the worst, but pretty rough. So what I was noticing uh, in my life was I didn't really have any role models or examples or any blueprint to follow. I just had my street basketball, my crossover dribble, my little 15-foot jump shot that usually hit. You know, I had my little, my little Brooklyn swagger and stuff like that, and I was always working, always in school, always doing something. But I didn't have an example of how to move out of my situation directly. You know, a jump shot's not going to help you do that unless if you're super nice. So I heard Joseph Campbell speak about how you have this individual who's in an insurmountable circumstance where he can't get out of, and he assumes this archetype or that archetype or, you know, real pressures being pressed against him, adversity being pressed against him, and him not recognizing that it's in essence an archetype. As cultured individuals, okay, we, you know, just as, you know, you hear your child speak more like you, you assume the culture of, of uh, you assume the culture of where you're brought up and kind of like the culture is the operating system, like Terrence McKenna said. Culture is your operating system. So, I'm listening, I digress, I'm listening to Joseph Campbell, it's funny, and he's getting into how, um, how, how someone changed their life doing this, how someone else changed their life doing that, and how there are these higher renditions of the self that you can look up to that are already documented, which are called archetypes, human archetypes, okay? 
So this is very important because um, anybody can find an archetype to look up to. Sometimes, you know, I have different uh, things over here. I have the Wing Victory from when we went to Paris, myself and my wife. I'm not, I don't have a lot of money, but I have enough to save for vacation. That's very important. I have my Hanuman here. That's my guy. I have my Buddha over here somewhere. Let me bring my Buddha up to the forefront. Buddha. So I have all my different, all my different little things, but one of the main things that I really, really did enjoy was the learning of these different types of archetypes because I knew that, again, somebody had already figured these things out and what I'm going to do is kind of follow somebody that was successful and, and see how they did and assimilate that. You know, the truth will always teach you. You know, that's the thing about a lie. When you're getting a lot of bullshit and you follow it, you just always end up somehow with shit on your hands. When you have lies and when you have bullshit and lies and bullshit and misleading, or you'll have, you know, a dollar candy bar and a question. You know what I mean? There's never no solution. The only thing that truly feeds the soul is knowledge, which is gained through studying, through research, through deep conversations, back to research, back to reading, back to listening, YouTubing, you know, you, you have to get that. So, finally, I'm hearing this guy, Joseph Campbell. He's giving me um, this teaching on the archetypes. And it really made a huge difference on me because what I would start to do is, on my job site, I would look at my boss in a different light. You know, um, I would look at co-workers. I would look at uh, national leaders and people like that. I would look at them in the light of like, well, they're actually an archetype, you know, for something that's, out of the average, you know, especially people that are really successful, you know, they, they have a tremendous archetype, you know, that can teach people, tremendous teaching, tremendous discipline. But within the word archetype itself is builder, and that's the builder of the self. And this gets into some Freemasonry and Illuminati and stuff like that. Just to give my, and I know I've given my view, I'm all over the place today, just to give my view on that stuff. Um... It's all good and bad, man. You're going to have some, some Freemasonic teachings or some, you know, I've even heard Rosicrucians come up with some really good stuff, but I've also seen some dark stuff with some of those teachings also as you start going deeper down the rabbit hole. So the most important thing is the ability to teach the self also, adjacent with the other external uh, teachings that you have and that you followed before. So important to engage with your learning and don't just accept things as they're given to you. Uh, engage with it and use your own ability to, to diagnose, to break down, to digest, to understand really what's transpiring, what's going on with this thing that's being put in front of you. Um, a lot of different topics. There was In this podcast, I was going to actually get into like books that I was into. I was going to get into... The Frankfurt School, which came up with the political correctness back in the early 30s. I was going to get, in, get into a few different things. But as you know, um, you know, life is busy and I've had family issues happen. Nothing too bad, but just things that, you know, that, that strike, strike families and stuff like that. So this came upon our family. And as you guys know, I've been married a long time and I dearly, dearly love my wife. She's, she's everything to me, my wife. So... And my doggy Jackson, who used to a little black lab to run around. She makes a lot of noise. Even in my first podcast, you could hear a chain rattling. But that's my little, that's my little girl. So, 
You know what? I've hit, uh, I don't know, half hour on this podcast. I do want to try to make them longer, and I have some creative ideas for the podcast, directions that I want to go in. want to incorporate the big screen, want to incorporate YouTube. And I did my first interview with Matt Landman on the last interview, which was interview 96. Did Matt Landman, great guy, very informative. I really like the fact that he just has so much knowledge on so many different topics. And if you go to his website, you can just learn right on his website. Uh, really great, great guy. Um, so yeah, I'm getting out there. I'm still looking for some more interviews and a few other things that I have going on. I really do want to uh, thank you for listening. And I want you to check out the YouTube pages. I'm going to be putting more content out onto YouTube. You know, again, I do have that Instagram. I do, I even have a uh, Reddit forum, which is off of Buddhist, but there's nothing in there. I'll put something in there. Uh, podcast is doing well. I, I want to thank everybody for listening and namaste. God is a thought. God is a name. God is an idea. But its reference is to something that transcends all thinking. The ultimate mystery of being is beyond all categories of thought. My friend Heinrich Simmer of years ago used to say, the best things can't be told because they transcend thought. The second best are misunderstood because those are the thoughts that are supposed to refer to that which can't be thought about, you know, and one gets stuck with the thoughts. The third best are what we talk about, you see. <laughs> and a myth is that field of reference, metaphors, oh. referring to what is absolutely transcendent. What can't be known. What can't be known. Or can't be named. Yes. Except in our own feeble attempt to clothe it in language. And the ultimate word in our language for that which uh, is transcendent is God. Do you remember what went through your mind the first time you saw Michelangelo's creation? By the time I uh, became aware of that, my notion of divinity was uh, not quite so personal, you know. The idea of God, that he's a bearded old man of some kind with certain not very pleasant temperament. That is, I would say, a sort of materialistic way of talking about the transcendent. There's just the opposite of it found uh, on an island in the harbor of Bombay from around the 8th century. This is a wonderful cave. You enter the cave from a, a bright sky. Of course, moving into the darkness, your eyes are blanked out. But if you just keep walking slowly, gradually the eyes adjust, and this enormous thing, it's about 19 feet high and 19 feet across, the central head is the mask of eternity. This is the mask of God. Mask of eternity. That is the metaphor through which eternity is to be experienced as a radiance. And these other two figures? Whenever one moves out of the uh, transcendent, one comes into a field of opposites. These two pairs of opposites come forth as male and female from the two sides. One has eaten of the tree of the knowledge, not only of good and evil, but of male and female, of right and wrong, of this and that, and light and dark. Everything in the field of time 
is dual, past and future, dead and alive. All this being and non-being is, isn't. And what's the significance of them being beside the mask of God, the mask of eternity? What is this sculpture saying to us? The mask represents the middle and the two represent the two opposites. And uh, they always come in pairs and put your mind in the middle. Most of us put our minds on the side of the good against what we think of as evil. It was Heraclitus, I think, who said, for God, all things are good and right and just, but for man, some things are right and others are not. You're in the field of time when you're man. And one of the problems of life is to live in the uh, realization of both terms. That's to say, I know the center, and I know that good and evil are simply temporal apparitions.